Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! toe-tapping music to get you set for hour number two. Mike and George, hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. George is at George Kurtz. So uh, no complications there. So uh, we'll talk a little bit of football today. Uh, we'll, we can get back into baseball because, you know, the baseball is we're in midseason form and uh, a lot to talk about there, especially with the trade deadline looming. But George was super depressing uh, for uh, Nationals fans. Your take, but uh, it, I think it's a, I think it's the right one. So, all right, uh, I went over to Roto Experts uh, this morning and sort of the feature story that was uh, came out. I guess it was Friday. Uh, it was Davis Maddock talking about five fantasy football sleeper top twelve QB possibilities. So guys that. Uh, you and I both obviously take the approach that in a standard, in a regular redraft league, we're just waiting on QBs, right? Double-digit rounds. Uh, I, I, I probably don't even start looking at QBs before, like, the eighth round. Value starts getting pretty good on somebody that I really like. Maybe I get in there eighth or ninth round. But realistically, and based on the way I drafted last year, it's probably a double-digit scenario Got, where I was able to get Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger and some other guys. I probably had a Drew Brees in there. Maybe I just did a little zag when other people zigged on Drew Brees, and that went worked out fine. He didn't throw 50 touchdowns like Pat Mahomes, so I, I had Mahomes in one league too. Pat Mahomes is really, in some leagues, he went really late, so it just shows what value you can get. But this article here is on some of these sleeper possibilities. And the first one he talks about is Josh Allen. Let me give you a little preview and then I'll let you comment, George. Your first rule of thumb when looking at quarterbacks who can become more than streamers is, do they run? If the answer to that question is yes, then they are infinitely more likely to be better than a streaming starter. Um, he talks about some other stats in there, but uh, quarterbacks who add those points are easily more valuable and Josh Allen had an extremely up and down rookie season but ran for 631 yards and eight touchdowns while adding 2,000 passing and 10 passing touchdowns just in 10 starts so thoughts here Josh Allen I understand his point completely about him probably not ditching the running going into year two and him maybe being a guy that can give you a nice floor like Russell Wilson used to every week back in the day well, I'm going to make two points about Josh Allen. And I, I like Josh Allen a lot. This guy's faster than I thought. I'm a better runner than I expected uh, coming, out of, uh, coming out of college last year. All right. So uh, I, I, I certainly think he has to keep that up. You know, he's, going to, he's still going to be a running quarterback. And we all know in fantasy, running quarterbacks are valuable. You know, you're playing the game with running quarterbacks. Well, you know, if he rushes 60 yards a game, that's a touchdown right there. Now if he throws one, oh, that's another six. So throws for 175 yards, now I got, what was that, four, seven more points. You know, also you're at 19 points. You didn't really try anything. He didn't, didn't do much. Ran for 60, uh, threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and threw for 175. You know, you might think, oh, that could even be a little light. You know, you're probably giving him a little bit too many, too many rushing yards, too. That's called rushing close to 1,000 yards. But I'll point this out with Josh Allen. John Brown, Zay Jones, Cole Beasley, Robert Forster. Stop me anytime you hear a, uh, a, a wide receiver two here. Forget a wide receiver It's terrible. One. It's Andre a terrible Roberts, collection. Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, your tight end is Tyler Croft. Uh, okay, I'm the gambler here. Week three before he's out for the season? What's your over-under? Week four? 
I mean, come on. Uh, your running backs, LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore. Uh, is the AARP calling here? I mean, come on. There, there are no playmakers here. None. Nil, nada, zero, zilch. There's just no playmakers I gave, here. I gave the Bills a lot of credit for two years ago. I could tell that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean were, were kind of building a specific team. They made the playoffs a couple of years ago. They got lucky with the Bengals beating the Ravens. But they still they made the playoffs, got rid of that streak. But they still continued to kind of purge and build the roster in the manner that they wanted to. And I knew they'd take a step back last year, and, and that's all well and good. They went 6-10 and ten, uh, after, I think, an 8-8 eight and eight season the year before. But what happened this year was really discouraging because they went out and they signed a whole bunch of players, and when the dust settled on all the players that they signed, I couldn't have been less impressed. The John Brown, Zay Jones, I mean, granted he's a graphic, but the John Brown, Cole Beasley additions to Zay Jones – don't do anything for me. Tyler Croft, you mentioned, he was assigning. He broke his foot in OTAs. He's out months. Could be back for week one. But that's an issue right now. And they end up with a tight end in round three and round seven, who I might know, Tommy Sweeney, who's a BC guy. He's a really solid guy, but he's not a playmaker. And they drafted a, a – they didn't have a they, – they drafted Ed Oliver, which I do think is a steal, even at number nine in the first round. I can compliment their defense a lot. Offensively, what we're talking about right now, no playmakers at all. George, you got me? Yeah. Uh, I'll go on here. Davis is trying to make the argument for Allen being a a quarterback one. All right. Now, most leagues play uh, our 10-team leagues, but for for our purposes, we'll say 12 because that's what you are. more of the that I play in that a lot of us play in anyway. All right, here are your quarterbacks. Mahomes, Watson, Rodgers, Ryan, Luck, Cam, Mayfield, Ben, Breeze, Wentz, Wilson. Who are you taking out? Who are you, ta- who are you putting Allen over? And I didn't even name guys like Jared Goff, you know, Tom Brady, Phil Rivers, Winston, Garoppolo. I didn't even include these guys. Who are you putting Allen over? Quarterback is so deep. It's just, I mean, listen, if you ended up with Allen because you waited for you waited for round 13, 14 tech quarterback, I have no problem with it. You load it up on your running backs, you load it up on your wide receivers. I don't have an issue with it. But to say going into the season that he's a, a quarterback one, no, no, I can't, I can't say that. Quarterback, no, granted, he, granted, he is projecting for them to be sleepers. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to reframe the article, make sure he's not, he's not saying this is a lockdown. I, I think he's just trying to see. Yeah, I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say about that. I'm talking about if you want to make yeah. the case for him. I, I just yeah. don't see it. Uh, I just don't see I mean, quarterback Mike, uh, and I, I always hate making statements like this because it's not like we remember every damn year. But I've been playing fantasy since 88, uh, fantasy football, and certainly been in the industry for 10, 15 years now. I don't remember a quarterback ever being this deep. I mean, it's at the point now where I think if you're not playing in a super flex league, you're just doing your league a disservice. And it's, and it's because of what you said in the opening statement here. I'm not sure they quarterback the double-digit rounds. Anybody who asks me any kind of a question about a quarterback, I say the same thing. Wait, 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 wait. That's no fun. If you, when you just say it there, you know, wait, just wait, just wait, tight end, wait, you know, those sort of stuff, and then you need to do something. You need to change it up in your league. Superflex changes it up. You know, it changes I, everything in your league. It makes quarterbacks much more valuable, much more interesting. You know, if I you do, include a quarterback. I do agree. I do agree. Uh, I, I just think it's gotten to the point where – Guys are putting up a lot of numbers. Tom Brady right now, you know, I'm going to NFFC. Tom Brady right now is the 19th ranked quarterback. Just to give you a sense. Tom Brady. Sounds about right, too. Josh Allen is 22nd here to to the upside. The the positive for Allen is those rushing yards, and he can get you a floor every week. I think he's that DFS guy that you're going to slot in there. And he's a safe play. That's right. He's he's not going to bottom out because he will have a rushing touchdown and he'll pick up 50 yards on the ground a lot of weeks. So I think that's the upside. I just can't get on board with the offense for all the guys whose names you threw out that I, I'm just not a believer in. Could I get shocked? Yeah. But I just think they're going to be a little bit more of a conservative offense. They have a, they have a really talented defense. They do. Ed Oliver, to add to Harrison Phillips and... You know, Tremaine Edmonds was their first-round pick last year. Tredavious White, who's a good young corner. I do think they have a lot of 
talent here on defense, and that's the way McDermott is going to continue to coach them. So, so there we are. So that's the first guy down. Second guy, we talked to Jameis yesterday, so I'll skip him and go over to, well, let's talk Marcus Mariota next. I've been the Mariota truther, the Titans truther, and as Davis says here, we've all been here before with him. His sore elbows, nagging injuries, splitting games with Blink Gabbert, and seemingly losing top-end speed every year of his career. The fact remains that he's a likely quarterback now, likely a better quarterback now than in his 2016 top-12 fantasy season. It's hard to even think back then that he was a top-12 QB back then, George. But he's not really been able to realize that year over year. So he still averaged 5.6 yards per carry on 64 attempts last year, and he ran for 29 touchdowns in college, still has that skill set. So they signed Adam Humphreys. They drafted A.J. Brown. They get Delaney Walker back from a long-term injury. I was very bullish on the Titans last year. I can't say I'm as bullish now, but they are adding some weapons for him. He stays healthy. Got an interesting rookie wide receiver. Corey Davis continues to develop. Delaney Walker back and Humphreys, I think, was a really nice addition for them. So your thoughts on Mariota? Can he make a push here? No. Uh, he's he's pushing for a starting job for a contract. All right. Ryan Tannehill's there, too. And I, I, listen, I don't like Tannehill, but Tannehill's going to push him, which could be a good thing. You know, it could certainly be a good thing. Uh, Gabbert was, wasn't pushing it when he was there. Uh, but he can't stay healthy, Mariota. He's not the greatest thrower. I, I mean, granted, they've never really surrounded him with a lot of great or any even good receiving talent. It's better now than what it, what it has been. Probably the best he's ever had since they added Humphreys. A nice slot receiver there. Delaney Walker hopefully stays healthy. Although I think Janu Smith's off fine as well. Uh, they got a legitimate running game. And I think they want to run the ball more with Derrick Henry now. Uh, yep. Deion Lewis being that, uh, you know, the uh, sports car to uh, Henry's uh, truck. Uh, so I think they're gonna, uh, I don't think I don't. They pretty much want him to be a game manager in my mind, so I don't see him breaking out fantasy-wise. He is playing for uh, a contract, and if he struggles, I think Tannehill comes in eventually. Because I think I don't want to say major things are expected out of Tennessee, but they expect to go to the playoffs. They want to go to the playoffs, and that's a tough division. Yeah, Jaguars, Colts. Uh, it is a tough division. Uh, yeah. It's it's one, maybe maybe the best division in football, top to bottom. It used to be called the AFC teams. Soft, and now the AFC South is legit. Those are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no I, I actually like Tennessee's odds. I don't think they'll win the division, but Tennessee has pretty long odds uh, on winning the division. I think it's the Colts division, but the Texans are a talented team, obviously. I think Tennessee's got a lot of talent here. Um, can their defense stop those offenses? I don't know. They've really struggled a lot against the Colts over the years. Um, and I think this could be a good offense. I just don't know that's going to be, to your point about Derrick Henry, I don't know that's going to be all centered about Mariota making plays. I think Mariota can be really efficient this year. And if I were a betting man, and I am <laughs> to some respect, I don't know if I can get odds on this, I think Mariota is their long-term QB. I think he plays well enough to get the contract. Tannehill isn't a real threat. Uh, but if he gets hurt again this year, then you got to you have to get rid of him. Like, it's over. You can't. I mean, maybe you keep him around at a discount, but do you want an oft-injured quarterback as your franchise leader? You just can't really – you can't make that kind of commitment as a team. And how much is he going to cost? You know, that, right. that thing too. You know, well, these quarterbacks, they get they get paid with your – and listen, I'm the Cowboy fan. I'm the first to admit, uh, A, Dak Prescott's going to get paid. B, probably doesn't deserve it. He's not that kind of quarterback. But it doesn't matter. It only matters you're a free agent, your contract's up, they got to get paid. You know, I don't think Mariota quite eclipse that mark, but he'll be paid twenty five million, you know, twenty seven million, something like that. He won't make the thirties, but he'll pay him the twenties, like a you know, pretty much an average quarterback. You know, that's a big commitment to make there if you have Tennessee Titans because it's going to be come with what fifty million guaranteed or something silly like that. And good luck. Yeah, Mariota, according to NFFC, is being drafted twenty seventh. Uh, let's focus on Dak, who's being drafted eighteenth. According to Fantasy Pros ADP, he's being drafted. Dak is being drafted 20, so somewhere in that range. Um, he's got Amari Cooper now. Um, obviously, Zeke is is really how the offense is built, but you've made the point about Dak maybe not being that kind of quarterback and him still maybe looking at a big deal. But what are your expectations for him at QB in 2019. 
Oh, fantasy wise, he's nowhere near a quarterback one. Uh, I mean, he, like I said, he's not that kind of quarterback. He's going to throw the ball forty times a game, and Dallas won't, would never allow him to be that. Everything would have to go wrong. You know, Elliott probably has to get hurt and be out long term for uh, Dak to put up any kind of big numbers. They're not. They're not. They're not. That's not the kind of offense. Now, yes, the offense could be extremely dangerous because the offensive line completely healthy. Travis Frederick's back. Yeah, so right now that offensive line, I would expect to be once again top five NFL. Elliott should have a big season. He has, uh, Lord knows he has uh, reasons to want to have a big season. He wants to get paid, although I don't think the Cowboys are going to pay him. Uh, but once again, he wants to get paid. Uh, Cooper, another year in the offense. It certainly help. Dak was a better quarterback with Cooper in there, definitely. But Dak missed him a lot. Maybe they get back on the same page somewhat in uh, – uh, with you know full year training camp, mini camps working together, but you saw it. You watched the film last year. I mean, Cooper was open several times deep. Gallup a lot was open, and Dak couldn't hit him. He's not a good deep thrower, and that's an issue there. Uh, and, and once again, if you heard Gallup, you heard him mention it. He says now they are on the same page this year. That uh, that was something they brought up, which means even the top players know it. That Dak wasn't able to hit the deep ball last year to these guys that were open. But that also brings let's know how good the offense can be because you got Cooper. Gallup is a good receiver. Witten being back, I mean, it gives you a veteran there, guy, uh, you know, security blanket, but he's got no speed, and that's always an issue for me. I think that's why I think, in some ways, Witten leaving was addition by uh, subtraction again because it allowed you to get faster there, but Dallas didn't get anybody else, so Witten will play there. But it gives Dak that security blanket, and what it may give you is once again, Witten is still a very good blocker, so the run game could be even better. The Dallas offense will move the ball, but they're not built to win 35, 30 games. They want to keep the defense off the field, eat the time o'clock, you know, have 35, 36 minutes of uh, possession with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They don't want Dak throwing the ball up and down the field. They don't want that. So Dak is going to be a low-end quarterback, too. What do you say, around 18, 19? That's about right. In that 18 to 20 range, that's where he should go in drafts. The interesting thing, though, is that in the two games where he threw the ball a lot, which was both in December last year, uh, was against Philly. He went 42 for 54, the 455 three touchdown game. That was, you know, that was the crazy Amari Cooper game, that wild, wacky sort of fourth quarter uh, that they played. And then the other one was in week six, was their last game against the Giants, um, which was right right around the, it was the very end of the year, where he went 27 of 44 for 387 and four touchdowns. Those are the only two times where he threw the ball more than 40 times, and he had two really good games. Now, sometimes those go hand in hand, but he was efficient in those games. Too. He had a couple of picks against Philly, but it is kind of interesting, right? Like, we say he can't throw the deep ball, but in those two games where he really did have to push the passing attempts, he actually played really well. Watch the film. Should have been better. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back. We'll keep talking about this, and some, we'll focus again on the NFC East after this. It's Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back, Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm George Kurtz. He's Mike Blewett. Get in the game at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm reading the wrong one. Here we go. Do you want two <laughs> risk-free wages up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, G-R-I-D, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Rams minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo co- code grid, G-R-I-D, and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Good stuff. So let's wrap up. We'll do one more guy on this list uh, from the five 
Again, you can find Davis Maddock. You can find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock, M-A-T-T-E-K, but you can also find his articles on rotoexperts.com. He's uh, went over five fantasy football sleeper top 12 QB possibilities. So, uh, you know, he's obviously taking some risk with this article. He has Allen Winston. Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Marcus Mariota, and this final one. We talked a lot about Jameis yesterday, so that's why I'm not going into it. But Lamar Jackson, despite only throwing six touchdown passes in 2018, Lamar Jackson is one of the quarterbacks who offers the most fantasy football sleeper potential of anyone on this list. Uh, He set the record for most QB rushing attempts in NFL history in only seven starts last season. And Baltimore had 50-plus rushing attempts with Lamar at the helm. Had 50 more rush attempts with Lamar at the helm than any offense has had in the last five NFL seasons. That's really crazy. He averaged 4.7 yards per attempt on 147 carries. There's no reason to think he won't see a similar number of rushing attempts per game this season. So they added uh, Marquise Brown in the draft and Miles Boykin. Uh, They let Michael Crabtree and John Brown walk in free agency. So they're getting younger and faster. So give me your thoughts, really. Why don't you just do the sort of Lamar Jackson outlook and and maybe how you see the offense playing out with him. Well, we can play this game again. Uh, stop me when you get a number one wide receiver here. Sneed, Brown, Moore, Roberts, Boykin. Uh, Marquise Brown maybe in time, but generally it takes receivers time to become that good a wide receiver. And you got a quarterback who's not a very good thrower. I mean, he's an outstanding athlete, outstanding runner, but he's got a long ways to go as a quarterback throwing the football there. Uh, so, I mean, I get it. Because Lamar Jackson, he's the guy who actually might get 1,000 yards rushing as a quarterback. That wouldn't shock him this season at all. Really wouldn't. He is that dynamic. But he's, he's also slight of build. You know, he's not built That's like correct. Cam Newton. He gets hit, he's going to feel it. I mean, uh, if, he, if, he's, if he's running that much, I doubt he plays 16 games. You know, I'm, I'm banking around the you know, 12 to 13 mark there is how many games he can play. They, the Ravens are going to be very careful here. You know, this is, like I said, this is not Cam. I mean, even Cam, who's built like a freaking tank, gets beat up, and he's been hurt, right? And Lamar Jackson is built nowhere near like Cam. Yeah. So they're going to be very, very careful here. But I get it because I, I think, Mike, I think when he plays, there will be a lot of weeks he ends up as a quarter, top 12. But there will be other weeks where he misses action. He just doesn't have a good week throwing the ball at all. There's a, lot, a couple of picks here. He's just off that week. The throwing's not there. There's a, he's a work in progress in my mind. Where I think he could end up being – if he could ever learn to throw the ball, I'm, he doesn't need to be Tom Brady, Hall of Fame. Just be uh, average to above average, he's going to be dynamic, but he's not there yet. I would imagine he's put on weight this offseason, but last year he was listed at 212 pounds. So you talk about the guys that are runners. Cam Newton has 6212 is what Lamar Jackson's listed at. So Cam's got a minimum of three inches on him, and I would say conservatively 35 pounds, Cam. Cam's probably in like this. I don't know if I'm believing that 212, by the way. You think he's skinnier? I think, once again, he may have been 212 at one point. Then once the workouts start coming, the season comes in, you lose weight. Yeah, you yeah. know, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's 212. Not not when all is said and done. At one time, sure, but not when, it, uh, when all is said and yeah. done. No, I'm going to have a tough time buying that. Uh, I think that's fair, but Cam is so much bigger, and people have sort of made the Mike Vick comparison. Mike Vick was a different build, too. Mike Vick was stockier. Russell Wilson is stockier. Um, so... I just, to your point, I don't know if it's the best strategy. I don't know that he can last. He's shown himself to be able to last in the past, uh, in college and everything else, but we'll see where that goes. Um, as far as his weaponry is concerned, Marquise Brown, I, I do think long-term was a really good pick for them, but George makes the point about him being a rookie, And even if he can be a breakout rookie like Juju or in an extreme case like Odell, you still are dealing with a guy that's coming off is dealing with Liz Frank foot surgery, which I don't expect anybody to come back from that in that season and be explosive. I think it's a lot to ask, especially for a rookie. I do. I like the Miles Boykin pick a lot, too. So I think the way they're building these pieces is pretty good, but for it to happen this year, 
I'm, I'm with you, George. I think it's going to be super run heavy, and I just don't know how many balls you're going to put up in the air. They they obviously went really run heavy once Lamar came in, and they led the league in rushing attempts. Would you suspect that the Ravens would lead the league in rushing attempts again this year? Uh, yeah, if not the certainly top three, top five. You know, yeah, Seattle. Uh, yeah, Seattle, and then. Seattle, Buffalo. I mean, this this sure. Buffalo's almost the same team. I mean, I think the Ravens have better weapons than Buffalo, but it's almost the same uh, team. Going to rely on defense, uh, play ball control with the other uh, quarterback running, not make mistakes, and try and win games twenty-one seventeen in that in that range, which is tough to do with today's NFL with all the uh, all the rules geared towards the offense. I think when it comes to the receivers, I mean, you know, it's if you're a top running back, you pretty much have to prove one thing: can you pick up the blitz? Once you've proven that, the job is yours. As a receiver, there's so much more that goes into it. Do you know the entire route tree? Do you have chemistry with the quarterback? Are you going to be able to be the hot, you know, when you're the hot read, are you not going to make the mistake and get the quarterback killed because you, know, you ran the wrong route? That sort of thing. There's a million things the receiver has to do before he becomes that top guy. It does happen when some of those guys get it right away. But you're also not talking about a top quarterback here. You know, it's a, it, there's a lot of a lot of top throwing quarterback. There's a lot of issues here as far as Marquise Brown's concerned here. Um, my biggest worry is going to be the hits. I think uh, over time they're going to – they keep having this guy run with abandon. Uh, teach him. Teach him to slide. Get down. Don't take those hits. Man. Don't fight for that extra yard. It's not worth it. So I, I, I wrap up this sort of segment or this article by – I think there's an important sentence here at the end of the Lamar Jackson write-up. I, he says – Davis says, I understand the hesitancy of fantasy drafters wanting to invest in someone as inaccurate as Jackson, but the standard rules of fantasy football favor quarterback rushers to such an insane degree that he could have a bad passing season but run for 800 yards and six touchdowns and be a firm QB1. So I, I think that's the greatest point here. Uh, of all these guys here, I could see the two that I could see are Jameis and Lamar Jackson. I don't really see Dak or Mariota or Allen making it there, but those are the two that make the most sense. Because of the sentence I just read on Lamar Jackson, even though George has brought up the obvious risk, and Jameis, I just think they could be throwing the ball all over the place down there again. I I just think that could happen, and Jameis could beat out some of the guys. I wouldn't rank him there right now, but I could see that. Oh, I agree on Jameis. Uh, I mentioned yesterday my two keeper leagues. I have, I'll be keeping Jameis Winston. You know, I think I got him in eighth and ninth round. Uh, I know those are two quarterback leagues, uh, super flex leagues. So uh, he'll be my second quarterback in both leagues, and I will gladly take him. Uh, Elliott's value as far as the round, and I agree with you. Uh, they don't have much of a running game right now. The defense is so-so, and Arians likes to throw the football. And uh, I think Mike Evans could have a big year. Godwin could have a big year. So I'm right there with you. And listen, Lamar Jackson's point is well taken. Because once again, you do simple math. You know, I think he's going to rush yards between 800 and 1,000. That's about 50 yards a game. All right? That's what 800 yards is. 50 yards a game. 50 times 16, you get 800. That's five points. All right, you throw for 175, there's seven. Now you got 12 points. You, you know, you throw one touchdown, all right, and there's another four, 16. He runs one in, 22. Now he's not, not going to get 16 rushing touchdowns. That's not going to happen. But there's going to be a lot of weeks he does do that. And you, told, you just, just take the average there. It's 18 points. He's the safe play at quarterback. This is what you're looking for there. You know, you know what points you're going to get. Yes, there's not much upside. You're not going to have those four touchdown weeks or 400-yard games, 350 yards. You're not going to get that. You know, so if you're looking for 30 point weeks from your quarterback, no, you're probably not going to get it. Uh, still, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. I prefer L. Jacks in a two quarterback league, super flex league, rather than a one quarterback league. But once again, if I decided, and I'll, I'll guarantee you, Michael, those leagues I'm going to play, and they're going to be leagues where I just ignore quarterback. You know, I don't, I don't bet on it at all. And you know, round 12, oh, I got better get a quarterback here. Well, Lamar Jackson's still there because teams already drafted their backups already. You know, and a couple of, you know, the Phil Rivers uh, went, Tom Brady went. You know, all right, fine. I'll take Lamar Jackson. I'll be, I'll be fine with that. I will take another quarterback just to cover myself in case he does get hurt. But it's funny in drafts. Years ago, Mike, probably five years ago, I never drafted a backup quarterback. Never. Because no one did. Yeah, so there were plenty on the on the board to take there, and quarterback wasn't all well, was that deep either. So you you grabbing scrubs. Yeah, no one wanted these guys anyway. Nowadays, past couple of years, everyone taking a backup quarterback because quarterback is so deep, and they're just the best player available. When you're looking at the, what do you want, a sixth string wide receiver, or you want a decent quarterback? So now I have to take a backup quarterback. 
you know, because everyone else is, and I don't want to, you know, if if I don't take a backup quarterback because I took a third tight end or whatever it is, and my quarterback does get hurt, you know, and now I got to deal with the uh, the guys at the bottom of the uh, barrel here who I really don't want, you know, so I might have to go take Josh Rosen, you know, he has to be my starter for a week, and I yeah, don't want or Nick that. Falls uh, or the something quarterback. Like that. Right, right, something like that. The quarterback landscape has just changed, has just changed as far as drafting is concerned because you're sort of at the mercy of all your other drafters. You're in a 12-team league. If nine people are drafting a backup quarterback, then you sort of have to get one too or pray your starter stays healthy. Yeah, I think that's the best point uh, you can make there is that a lot of times you're just adjusting to the draft that you're in and the best player available. That that fifth or sixth wide receiver, you're going to end up cutting that guy. You don't have to cut Lamar Jackson. You can just keep him around. And if he starts to have these upside and, and your starter was, I'll just throw a name out, you say, say your starter was Cam and Cam gets hurt again, the, uh, but you have Lamar Jackson backing him up, then you can throw Lamar Jackson in there, weather the storm and when Cam comes back in three weeks. Just a hypothetical scenario. Or that guy could have been freaking Zay Jones and you realize six weeks in, like, man, they never even throw the ball to him. I, I got to cut this guy. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's a conceivable scenario or Cole Beasley or whatever guy it was that you drafted looking for upside, you know, Adam Humphreys. Maybe he's just not getting the ball. Anyway, you understand our point. You're not having to draft. You're not having to spend a lot of draft capital right now. Lamar Jackson, according to NFFC, is going in the 11th round. He's somewhere around the 19th or 20th quarterback being taken. So uh, so that's that. So. All right. Let's turn the page over to since we started talking about him. Let's just kind of continue. We'll continue down the path of the NFC East. We talked uh, a lot about Dak. Um, you mentioned specifically about uh, Zeke that you don't think the Cowboys are going to extend him long term. You think they're just going to let him eventually walk. Financially, it doesn't make sense. The Cowboys have him for three more years. This year, next year, they can franchise him. Okay, so you have three more years at the thousand touches. If you already have him for a thousand touches, do you want to pay him now for a thousand more after that? When you don't know what kind of player he'll be with after all these collisions, and, I mean, it, for me, it just makes economical sense. We, uh, I'm not saying they'll let him walk. I, I don't think they'll pay him now. I don't think it makes any sense to pay him now. Now, I don't know what Jerry Jones is going to do. He may be completely different. You know, he, Jerry likes the glit, you know, the glamour and the glit is signing all these guys. And if Dallas didn't have other guys to sign, this would be completely different. But you have to sign Dak. I may not be a fan of it, but you know, so he's he's still an NFL quarterback. Uh, I think he's an average one. But I don't I don't think the Cowboys or I for that matter want to see them go through trying to find another one. Lord knows they weren't very successful at it. I mean, listen, the only good Cowboy, only good quarterback the Cowboys have had over the past 25 years, they've been lucky. They were lucky with Romo, and they were lucky with Dak. Romo was undrafted. Dak was drafted in a supplemental pick in what round three, round four. So that was luck. You know, they didn't know what they were getting there. It wasn't like they're great at developing quarterbacks. But you got to sign Cooper, right? He's got to be signed. You got to sign Jalen Smith. You got to sign Byron Jones. All right, Dallas has uh, room under the cap. They can get at least two of these done this year if they want to, but they probably can't get them all done. Now, unless the cap goes up significantly, which it might in a couple of years once these TV contracts come up again. It's gone you know, up the last see. two years. It's gone up like 10, 11 million each year for the last two years. So the 2019 cap is about 21 or 22 million more than it was in 2017. Wait until uh, these new contracts come up. I mean, football is still king. People can, can complain all they want about it. Football is still king in these ratings. And, uh, you know, there's some noise that DirecTV may not get the package, uh, you know, the red zone and all that. And that, once again, it's negotiating play, but they're going to have to pay up for it. I think the, uh, you give it after these contracts, it wouldn't surprise me if we had a $250 million cap. Yeah, so I think they will go significantly. And the quarterback is going to be making $90 million a year. But that's... Uh, but, but that's back then. It doesn't help the Cowboys right now. So I think that's what's going to happen here. I just don't think financially it makes sense for the Cowboys to do it. Now, this could put Elliott in a tough spot because he might have to think, select Le- Le- Le'Veon Bell. Maybe i got to hold out. You know, force the Cowboys move here to, uh, to give you that long-term contract. And business-wise, this is not a bad move because he's a running back. Short shelf life. He's going to get one contract. That's it. You know, one big contract. He's, he, I don't think he'll sign another big one after this one. Be a series of one, two-year deals after this. So he's got to make his money, uh, his money now. So uh, I find it interesting to see how this is going to play out. So this is the last. This is the last year of the rookie contract, but they've already exercised that option, I believe, for his fifth year, which yes. is nine million, and then they will. Then they can franchise, franchise him twice. So 
I mean, I guess you can you can you can keep franchising guys, but you know the the money gets to a point where you wouldn't want to do that. You know, the Le'Veon Bell thing, the hand was forced a little bit uh, earlier because he was a second round pick, so they had to start franchising him. They didn't have that fifth year option like the Cowboys have with Zeke being a first round pick, so it started forcing their hand. They started franchising him. Obviously, the Steelers got into that mess with Zeke, but uh, with Le'Veon. Uh, but here we are. So I'm with you. I, I, I just think as much as I completely sympathize with the hand that the running backs have been dealt, if I'm a team, I'm just not laying down a lot of money after I've already run the guy 1,500 times. No, I agree. I, I agree. Listen, I, I think Jerry Jones may th- uh, feel differently about this. I do. I think he may uh, end up signing these guys because he likes to do that sort of thing. But, yeah. you know, business-wise, financially, it doesn't make sense. So we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Cowboys offense. What does George think Amari Cooper's 2019 season looks like? Michael Gallup. Does Randall Cobb contribute at all? It's obviously going to be a run-heavy team, but they have a new set of weapons now for Dak. So it's Mike and George. FS, uh, weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Listen to Bon Jovi? Well, tell me what I am, though, Sean. Uh, Sean Angle behind the glass there. I wish you guys could hear what Sean says to us. I really do. Uh, Sean has actually got a good sense of humor there. But anyway, swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball at DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same daily road up lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. What's your favorite Bon Jovi song, Mike? Uh, I'm not like a huge fan or anything, but uh, oh come on, you like Bon Jovi? We all say we don't like it, but we do. I'm trying to think. Uh, Favorite tune, favorite one, Sean. I'm not favorite favorite Bon Jovi, Sean. Come on, anyone? Uh, I do like the song "Runaway" a lot. That's mine. That's mine, Sean. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't even know what that sounds like. I I really don't. You play it out of the next. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I asked you now, Mike. Sorry. Well, How can you not know. know what Runaway is? I probably do. I want. I, I. I have a blind spot. Look, I have. I think any of us that do this type of job have a pretty good memory, a pretty good capacity for remembering a lot of different things. I have a weird blind spot when it comes to remembering like song names and identifying the song. I've seen Dave Matthews in concert a, a whole bunch of times. I've seen you two a whole bunch of times. And even like their most popular songs, I can't always identify what the name of the song is when it comes on. Do you know what I mean? This is That's Runaway. Runaway. Yeah. See, like as soon as I came on, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't even think I would have thought that to be a Bon Jovi song. I really wouldn't have. Okay, I know. Yeah, okay. So I get it, but I just would I, I would have guessed that it was a different band. It's, that's what would have just happened right there. If you just played that like, coming out of the break, I would have said, "What is that? Like Mario Speedwagon or something?" I, I just can't. I can't get it right. I can't. Get, it's such a weird thing in my memory. All right, Sean, we got it. We got it. 
It's not a Bon Jovi tribute. I'm not a tribute band. So I I really would have identified it as a different band altogether. So I, I don't know what it is, but I've always been like that. I remember back on when we you and I were on uh, Sirius, uh, our friend Big Chi would always play songs, and I would try to guess it. And my guess rate was got to be below 20% in what I would get right or wrong, you know. There's some classics which are, uh, and some songs that I really like that I can identify, but for some reason, it's just a really weird blind spot. Anyway, enough about my... See, I was, I was one of those idiots, Mike, back, uh, back when we were younger, and MTV actually played music videos. Uh, and once again, folks, for the younger generation, uh, we couldn't rewind and do all that sort of stuff there. It was, uh, you'd, you'd watch it. I actually, we, my friend and I, we'd actually play a little game with each other, trying to guess the song, the group, and the, uh, the album. But you know, MTV, they would, they, would flash, they would flash the information. We had to have, put up like an index card or a piece of paper. We'd tape it to where they would flash so you couldn't see it and put a string on it. So you just lift it up to see the answer. And pause it. Now we play. All right. Sad, I know. No one cares. But yeah. that's why I'm very good with uh, the music scent. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we were bored back then. We didn't have all these 9,000 video games they have nowadays. We didn't have phones. You sound like you're a million years old right now. Yeah. You sound like older you're than you, I don't think. No. Uh, so I think we're about the same age, but uh, I'm not going to compare right now because I'll depress myself. So, all right, let's get back to the Cowboys. Um. So talked about Zeke. Shut up, Sean. Talked about Zeke, but let's just talk about Amari now because Amari Cooper, he really did change the offense when he came over. He was great, and he really helped. He really opened up uh, a new way for them to be productive offensively. And maybe I didn't think it was going to work out like that, but it freaking worked out. So uh, Amari's under contract. Only through this year, I know there's been talks of extensions and other guys are talking extensions. We went over this yesterday with Julio and A.J. Green and Michael Thomas. But Amari seems to be a guy that they're going to keep long term. And what level of expectation for you have do you have him going into this season? Lockdown wide receiver one, how high would you have him? All right, so as far as the Cowboys are concerned, uh, well, they, they have to sign him. And when you give a number one draft pick with somebody – and it, it proved where it was the right move, right? It, it was the right move. Uh, the Cowboys would not have been able to get anywhere near the receiver of Cooper uh, where they drafted, which is, what, 26, somewhere around there. So it ended up being uh, the right move for Dallas. So good for them. But now the, all the leverage is in Cooper's in his camp, right? <laughs> because they, they, they can't know the same information we know. Oh, they got to sign him. You know, it's going to happen. We know what the uh, – I think he makes $31 million next year just between his contract this year and if they franchise him. So that's where it starts at. As far as guaranteed money, 31, and we're going up from there. Yeah, so I think he gets paid uh, because he's not – receivers don't grow on trees, number ones, and you need them. Now, I, he's not hes not Antonio Brown or Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. He's not that good. But he's a low-end wide receiver one is what he is. Uh, in Dallas offense, he won't produce the numbers that these other guys will. So fantasy wise, you need to take that into consideration. The touchdowns might be there. You know, 10 wouldn't shock me, but the yardage won't because, once again, Dallas is not on, except in rare occasions. Mike mentioned that, you know, Dallas did twice last year, passed the ball more than 40 times, although one was in week 17 where it wouldn't have mattered for you. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not that kind of offense. You know, with that being said, Dak did seem to be a different quarterback once Cooper came over. For whatever reason, he trusted the deep ball more, well, at least he would throw it. You know, he wouldn't always hit it, but at least he would throw it. The Dallas offense should, theoretically, should be dynamic. And you got all pros all over the place. You know, you got an offensive line that's great. Dak Prescott, who's at least serviceable. You got Ezekiel Elliott, it's fantastic. You know, Jason Witten gives you another good blocking tight end who's a safety blanket. You mentioned Cooper. You got Gallup. I think Gallup's going to end up being a very good wide receiver. And you got Randall Cobb, who's better than uh, Cole Beasley. I mean, you have players all over the place. When healthy, this offense should be able to move the ball almost at will. You know, the question is going to be Dak. It all comes down to Dak. Can he hit the plays when he needs to make them? Yeah, will Dallas open it up for him? Will Jason Garrett go back to being a conservative game caller? That's, that's part of it as well. Garrett has opened it up it. the past. It is. Garrett, don't get me started on Garrett. But uh, Garrett has changed for the better over the past couple of years. He's not quite there yet, but he's changed for the better. But there's also an awful lot of pressure on him. Well, there may be more pressure on Garrett than anybody else. Because if the Cowboys don't, I, not only do they have to make the playoffs, but they probably have to go minimum divisional game, if not championship game, or he's done. 
because the fans are going to be up in arms if they keep losing, uh, you know, they win the wild card game and they lose the next round. The fans are going to be up in arms. And as you and I discussed yesterday when we went through all the NFC teams, listen, there's going to be a good NFC team that's not going to make the playoffs. I mean, you just look yeah. at it. Dallas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans. Uh, I don't think Seattle's all that great, but the Rams are obviously right. very good. And there are a couple of people that are just on the outside, Seattle, San Fran. The NFC's loaded. And there's going to be a team or two that's going to uh, – that's why I think 10 wins minimum to make the wild card. And it would shock me it's 11. You know, I think it is going to be that good a season this year. And you can't say they're going to win the East because the Eagles are a damn good team too. They're right there with the Cowboys. And it would shock at all, Mike, if it's yeah, one of those two ahead. teams that gets screwed. The, the team that doesn't win the East doesn't make the playoffs. I think you could be right. You know, we, we talked about the Falcons yesterday. We're both bullish there. We expected them and the Saints to make the playoffs. You're obviously going to have the Western Division winner, which is either Seattle or L.A., and we think both of those teams can compete. We know the North is going to be highly competitive because there's three teams there that you could see make, making the playoffs, right? The Vikings and Packers coming back, the Bears coming off a good season, but they're not guaranteed anything because those other teams are pretty good. When you look at the Cowboys roster, the starting lineup, you know, they actually have good depth at offensive line. Maybe it's not great depth at wide receiver, but the the front line that you just mentioned is really talented. They always have Zeke, one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the whole league. They just paid, you know, they're, they're just, they're just, well, did Marcus Lawrence get, get the extension? Yeah, I'm he's paid. I remember. Yeah, he got paid, right? He's paid. So they tagged him and then paid him. So... And then they signed Robert Quinn to provide some depth there. Uh, they have Taco Charlton there. The linebackers are both really good. The only weakness, maybe, is the secondary. But the uh, the rest of the starting lineup on both sides of the ball is really legit. This team should compete for everything. From 1 to 53, this is the best Cowboy roster since the Super Bowl years. I mean, it is. It's better than any, anything that Romo ever had. And Romo had a, a decent team here and there, but it's better than all those teams from 1 to 53. Uh, that being said, you did name the weakness. That is the secondary. That's where the Cowboys can get beat. You know, they didn't do much, really much at all to, uh, to help that secondary out. Uh, Eric Berry's still out there, though apparently the Cowboys aren't going to uh, make an offer for him. Uh, and that's not all that surprising. I think they worried about Berry getting big money and not being able to play. And maybe not being the same player he used to be. But the Cowboy roster is there. The problem is, I said the Eagles roster is right there, too. And it's not going to be easy with the, these other uh, you know, these other teams. I mean, the, I, said, I understand the North teams have their own problems because the Packers, Vikings, and Bears, they're all going to kill each other. You know, I mean, it's going to be difficult for any one of them to come out of there because, once again, you're going to beat each other. That's losses. Uh, that's why yesterday when you asked, I think it's 10 games to make a wild card. Minimum 10. I don't think 9-7 is getting in. I just don't think so. Not in the NFC. Not this year. Uh, I agree with you. So let's actually, we're going to spend some time on the other NFC East teams, but the one that I think we can dispatch with the quickest with the five minutes we have left here uh, are the New York Giants. I, I think it's the one team. I've, I've said this before. After the draft and free agency, I can talk myself into a lot of teams. There's only a few teams that I can't talk myself into. The Dolphins, who are obviously tanking. The Giants, probably the Bengals. I've seen some. I've seen. I've actually seen some articles that indicate that this could really this change of coaching staff from Zach Taylor and Alex Mappelt, QB coach, and and everything else could really help Andy Dalton. But I don't think that solves for them long term. And I don't. I don't think their roster is good enough to really sort of compete in that division. Um, and the Giants again are, are one of those teams. Um. They have some nice weapons, obviously, with Barkley. You know, you have Tate and, and Shepard and uh, Ingram there. But the question number one is, how many games do you think Daniel Jones plays this year? Well, that is the question. You know, because if I'm a Giants, this year, you know, I, I know it sounds silly, but this year isn't really about winning. It's about developing Jones. You know, your long-term future. And I'm of the belief, Mike, and this is any team, not just the Giants, but any team, when you draft the rookie quarterback and you, ha- you know he's your long-term starter eventually, or you assume he is, I want, to, I want him to play year one eventually. Maybe not from week one, but as soon as he's ready, and I think the timing is right, I want him in there because that's I want him to get the rookie mistakes or as many of the rookie mistakes out of the way in year one. I'm already giving up that year anyway. 
You know, I don't want to give up next year, too, because he's going to make these mistakes. And all of a sudden, now, you know, with three years in here, plus his contract also comes into this. You need him to be good early on so you can surround him with better talent before he starts making major money here. So I, I look at the schedule for the Giants. Not so much for wins and losses, but when's the perfect time? You know, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that Jones open. you know, week one. He's a starter there. They're playing Dallas. The Giants aren't going to want to yeah, do that. Yeah, let's do it game by game. So uh, I'll set you up. You can tell me when, when do you think this could happen. So... Uh, let me make a note, G-Man. Uh, okay. So, Dallas. Uh, they play Dallas. Win or loss? At Dallas. Loss, right? Loss. Uh, then they host Buffalo. Uh, I mean, I'll give them a win, but uh, only because Buffalo's office. I, I just don't trust them. Sure, a win. Then they go to Tampa. I think we gave Tampa that win yesterday. We, we gave Tampa the win yesterday, yeah. Washington. They host Washington. I'll, They'll they'll split with Washington this year, so one and one. Uh, I'll give them the home win. They're going to the Vic. They host the Vikings actually in Week Four. Lo- loss. Okay. Uh, at New England, loss. Loss. All right. Hosting here it Arizona. is. Okay. I think here so is be where two and four. I think this is where you make the turn here for two reasons. One, you get Arizona, weaker team. You get them at home. Makes sense. And that New England game is a Thursday night game. That's you right. You get a couple of extra days. days. You have 10 All days. Right. Because the other choice would be sort of after week 10, because that's where the bye week is. But then you're playing on a Sunday in Chicago. I don't think that's where you want Daniel Jones playing. You know, and plus the, the, end of the uh, season is tough. Yeah. You get, well, you get Chicago, Green Bay, Philadelphia. Not probably not where you want him to go. You start him here, you get Arizona, then Detroit, two lesser teams. So I think this, is, this would be where I, th- I expect. Week seven is where I expect Daniel Jones to come in. So if I'm setting the line, I would have to set it at uh, Daniel Jones plays uh, nine and a half games, right? Because that would be Eli playing. Yeah, yeah. And no, with Giants, I, I would take. I would take no, the under. Ten and a half. You know, ten and a half is where thing, I'd set it. To make, I don't think you set that line play. because that's assuming not only does he do, does he come in at that time that he stays healthy. Right. You know, and plays the next, and he plays well enough. So, it, I think the Giants will screw this up, mind you. I think it wouldn't shock me at all if he just plays the last three weeks. Miami, Washington, Philadelphia. And that Philadelphia game yeah. week 17 may not mean anything to anybody. Uh, but I think, once again, I think as far as the schedule goes, the perfect timing. Once again, this all changes, by the way. The Giants are 5-1 and one heading into week 7. All right, fine. Then you stick with Eli. But assuming they have these losses, Dallas, uh, Minnesota, New England. I'm not even sure they can beat Buffalo. But uh, my problem, all right, so let's just say Eli stays in. So they beat Arizona. They're 3-4. and four. Then they go to Detroit, lose. They host Dallas. Do they win that one? Do they split with Dallas? No. Okay, they so they lose Dallas to Detroit. So they play. They lose to Dallas. Now they're three and six. People are going to lose their freaking mind. Then they play the Jets. Could he come? I don't see the Daniel Jets? Jones. No, no, that would be a nightmare, right? They'll be three no, and six no. and not playing him. Can you imagine this, what will happen? This now? is why I think it has to be after that New England game, right? That's the perfect timing here. It has to be after the New England game. The fan base is so mad already. I can't imagine getting them to full tilt by playing Eli when they're three games under 500 in October. It's Gettleman, man. Nothing would shock me. This is true. We're going to do a little bit more GMN. We'll do the Eagles and Washington after the break. It's Mike and George on Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. 